Today's podcast is sponsored by Lumu. Lumu enables you to grow your MSP by building a detection and response practice and answer your customers' cybersecurity needs. Lumu collects and analyzes a wide range of network metadata, which helps to understand the network leading to conclusive evidence of compromise. Target customer needs by identifying network compromise and taking decisive action all from a single view. You can open a Lumu free account at www.lumu.io. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. Weaver Outrage Meter of Medium. That's two episodes in a row with a medium rating. wonder what's going on. Anyway, it's going to be a great episode. Trust me. Today we are talking about the... We've been talking about for a long time these this intersection of the cybersecurity consultant and managed services. And I, I want to bring this all together by... Focusing on a on a story that was just published, I think it was maybe last week, um, in a it's not a channel magazine. It's I don't. I'm seeing a lot of really new website like blogs that are just focused on, you know, cybersecurity. Like that's all they do, right? They're not MSP specific. They're just security cybersecurity specific and that's fine i mean that's the that's the nature of the world we live in but they're but they're coming up with some interesting data but but here's where where i'm talking about it is is what they talk about is the security element but they avoid uh not by by design i'm sure but because they're not aware uh of of the msp angle and that's what i'm gonna attempt to bring to all of you today um, but the reason I'm doing this is to tie together or to further underscore this ongoing discussion that we've been having about cybersecurity consultants and that whole industry. And it, and it does involve, it does involve um, things like NIST and CMMC and, and other frameworks. And their attempt to have a dominant role in our society, specifically in the IT channel. And again, I don't know if it's something that, that, that they're cognizant of if, or if they're just doing it uh, un, unbeknownst to them and they're, they're drifting into an industry that has existed for a very long time, longer than them. And, and, and that, that, and that's, crossing those lines are crossing like i don't know if which one of those is reality it could be both um but nevertheless we've been talking about it on this program we've been writing about it on the msp alliance website and i know that i've had ongoing conversations with a lot of you out there msp uh, executives and professionals and so this is this is kind of just a continuing evolution of that um, but before we get there, uh, you know, just two, 
just off the cuff types of um, acquisition, you know, announcements or news. Um, help desk, sorry, help systems buys alert logic. Uh, that was just announced, I think, a few days ago. And then Google, that was last week, buys Mandiant. Um, so we're, we're seeing a continued consolidation in the cybersecurity tool sector. Um, not a bad thing. Uh, it's definitely a trend that we you know, should continue to, uh, to, to see. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. On to, on to this article. So the article is in a, a blog or a website called Threat Post, and it it covers ServiceNow. So if you're not in the mid market, you may not know what ServiceNow is. ServiceNow is a is a you know fairly well respected, definitely um, a mature tool for service desk management. So it's a ticketing system, but it's I, I think they would classify themselves as being more than just a. a a, a, a ticketing system. They, they are definitely hooked into the um, ITSM, the IT service management um, philosophy, um, which, which is, uh, you know, ITSM is a, a great group, been around for ages. And ServiceNow is, uh, has, a, has a reputation, I would say, of being uh, adopted by mostly, not entirely, but mostly mid-market um style MSPs. Definitely more on the larger side, definitely more on the mature side for, for a variety of reasons. But here's the topic of the, of the article. Most ServiceNow instances misconfigured, exposed. And when I read that, I was like, okay, is this, is this going to be an MSP hit piece? Because I, I know of a, a good handful of, of fairly large MSPs who use ServiceNow. And it didn't. There was no mention of MSP anywhere. Like I was going through it and I was saying, okay, where, where, where is, where is the MSP? You know, the the hook where where they just say, oh, look at all these bad MSPs doing all these bad things. It's it's not there. So I read it and I reread it and I said, okay, this this is this is just a straight up tool analysis of uh, misconfiguration. And so the, the call-outs or the, the, the top lead-in article or lead-in paragraph is nearly 70% of instances of the software-as-a-service platform, ServiceNow customers, aren't locking down access correctly, leading to around 70% of ServiceNow implementations tested by App Omni being potentially exposed to the public. So in that opening paragraph, so App Omni apparently is a uh, some sort of testing platform, um, and they published a report on it. And apparently, the report covers around two twenty thousand companies who use ServiceNow, and their assessment is about seventy percent of those customers who use ServiceNow are doing it improperly. Now we're going to do a little math here. Um, 70% of all the MSPs, well, we can't use MSPs, 70% of all ServiceNow customers, probably not. It's probably, you know, I don't think that App Omni had that 
access to all of their customer database, but maybe they did. But it's it's a large percentage of at least 20,000 companies who use ServiceNow. But 20,000 companies using ServiceNow in this instance were not all MSPs. Far from it. Like, I would be really shocked if, I don't know, 10%? That even seems high. 10% of that 20,000 studied are even real legitimate MSPs. Now, I don't have, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating here, so I want full disclosure. I am speculating on this article because the article does not mention MSPs. I am I know that MSPs do use ServiceNow, so there is a there's a big potential chasm there. But I'm using some intuitive thinking and and just what I know about the market to make a deduction that the vast majority of users, organizations that use ServiceNow are not MSPs. Are not MSPs. So of that 20,000 of which 70% are 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 misconfigured instances of a, a small percentage is my guesstimate are actual managed IT service providers why the heck am i bringing this up why well, i don't use service now what why should i care about this here's why you should care because it's yet another article that's talking about a software as a service company and by the way, I, I, I'm almost positive, almost positive that ServiceNow is mostly on-premise, meaning that you get your own instance of ServiceNow. Um, it's, it's not like a true SaaS platform you know, on, on where ServiceNow hosts the infrastructure. I, I think that that's still largely true. But, but it's an article that talks about a security vulnerability due to lack of proper customization and proper configuration of a tool, of a ticket, that, that undeniably is going to capture a lot of information for customers, end users, you know, corporate data, and probably personal data. And so th- the obvious intent of the article, right, to raise awareness around how ServiceNow instances are being implemented and configured. What I'm trying to say is this is probably not a lot of MSPs represented in this. There could be, but I don't know. The article certainly doesn't say that. And in fact, the article goes down further to talk about um, the human error and its potential to lead to data exposure and really talking about um, role-based access controls uh, for determining how users are set up within a system and how a lot of these apparently 20,000 companies they, they uh, reviewed didn't do that properly within, within um, ServiceNow. Well, you know, I, I talk to a lot of MSPs and that's, Pretty damn simple. I mean, that's like garden variety managed services right there. Setting up role-based user profiles 
for a customer domain, assuming that the MSP controls the domain. But in those situations, it's a fairly common thing. It's a fairly easy thing for MSPs to do, it, meaning it's, it's a well-known practice. It's not like voodoo managed services here where you know th this is like really hush-hush and only a, a small fractional amount of MSPs practice this type of thing. No, it's very common. It's like washing your hands before you go into a, to surgery. It's very, very common amongst MSPs. So that, to me, was very interesting. That here's a fairly, you know, it's not a cheap tool. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's, it's got a reputation for, for coming with a, a, a decent price tag. It's, it's a good quality program. Everybody who uses it says that it's fantastic, right? So I'm not, I'm not knocking service now. And I don't think the article was. But the article is definitely stating that the people that are using this platform are not using it properly. Now, if you agree with me that a vast minority of the users here studied in this report are actually MSPs, put differently, the vast majority of the users of ServiceNow are not MSPs in this study, and they're actual end-user organizations. Well, that's, that's you know... That's maybe a role for MSPs to come in and say to them, look, you, you've got an obvious problem here just in the way you approach standing this platform up. And maybe you ought to have a professional go in there and help you do this. Now, this ties back very closely to my general impression of the cybersecurity consultancy class, as I am now calling them. And it's a sector of what I would consider to be fairly new participants in the consultancy arena. They are almost exclusively focused on cybersecurity, meaning they're not coming from any other area. They're not people who, who have you know, 20, 30, 40 years of being in security encryption or in the, in the general security arts, right? Like there is a definite segment of the market out there who are very well-respected security people. They don't always come from managed services. A lot of them do have managed services experience, but not all of them. But I'm saying that the, the new entrants, most of the new class of people and organizations, consultancy shops, consultancy firms. And they're not that big, right? A lot of them are not that big. You know, they're, they're not like CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike is a fairly well-known cybersecurity consultancy, right? We're not talking about those. We're talking about small boutique, you know, less than 10 people, sometimes less than five people shops. And they are just coming into this space and saying, well, we're, we're going to, we, we think you need Nest. You need CMMC, and that's your prescription. I don't care what it is that ails you, you need CMMC. I'm being a little overly dramatic here, folks, but the point is, I think, you get it. They're, they're driving adoption of a standard where they probably don't understand fully the standard itself, nor do they understand 
I'm firmly convinced, they do not understand the impact of applying this standard in the private sector. So, again, this is, this is a convergence of an outside the IT channel ecosystem that is growing rapidly. And a lot of it's coming from government, right? I, I mean, it's certainly in the, in the United States, there's a lot of it coming from the federal government level, which is not a bad thing. They have every right to talk about and set standards for how the government you know, implements and manages IT. That, that's undeniable. I, I am not talking about that at all. What I'm talking about is the indiscriminate application of, I don't care whether it's NIST, CMMC, whatever, but just, you know, the, the, the blind application of you must do these controls where they have no practical understanding or experience of the sector where they're trying to apply it, which is MSPs. Well, Charles, how do you know that they're doing that? Well, because I'm reading these articles, and this article doesn't mention MSPs, but there are a lot of articles that do mention MSPs. And I've said for the record, and I've actually, I think, published a few of them, where, where the articles mention security consultants who are you know kind of bad-mouthing MSPs and saying, well, obviously it's the MSPs that are that are doing things wrong. Well, it's not obvious at all to me. In fact, it's the opposite. Because if you, if you look at this article in the threat post where they don't mention MSPs by name, but they do mention a common tool used by MSPs, meaning a, a service desk or a ticketing platform, that you might think, wow, my gosh, are, are all MSPs misconfiguring their ticketing system? No, I don't think that that's true. I don't think there's any evidence of that. In fact, I think that there's evidence to the opposite, that when in the hands of the MSP, that it will become more secure, more acute to the data privacy needs of of the user's information flowing through that system. But you could see how a security consultant might say, well, you know, These results from ServiceNow could equally apply to any other ticketing platform. And there are other ticketing platforms that, unlike ServiceNow, actually do comprise almost exclusively MSPs. Like I'm thinking of the big four. And would this study come up with the same results if they did a study of the big four customers who Majority of, not exclusively, but the majority of those customers are managed service providers. So you see my point, folks, is we've got a a conflict that if we're not in it now, we're headed for conflict soon. And the conflict is you've got non-managed services people arguing for security change without any real understanding of the managed services sector or the relationship that MSPs have with their customers or the dynamic, ever-changing, diverse 
sector that is managed services. And it, it, it just, it, it never, I'm a student of these things and it, it may be hyper obsessive to, to look at it this way, but I, I see it as a problem. I see it as something that we need to confront very quickly because I'll also tell you something else. This is, this is a constant problem now because you are seeing those same cybersecurity consultancy class start to emerge by saying, well, you MSPs clearly are not like us. You're not of the skill set that we are. And so you need to buy our service for, for the ones that are actually smart enough to actually get into the services game. But here's the problem. They're getting into the services game by saying, you, the MSP, are going to buy my security service. And you may say, Charles, what is the problem with that? Why would you bemoan an MSP who needs help with security going to a cybersecurity consultant? Well, I'll tell you why. Because my informal study of cybersecurity consultancies and services shops, and I am excluding MSSPs from this bucket, and I am excluding any managed service provider that has any significant element of security that they're delivering. I'm talking just about the cybersecurity consultancy firms entering for the first time, I think, into services. They're not certified. They don't have external oversight. I don't know what type of standards or frameworks that they are using to stand up their internal services delivery. But I'll tell you this, the ones that I've seen and I've, I look at them and to a, to a T, none of them have, that I've seen, have any type of external certification. And I've talked to a few of them and you know what? They don't think that they need one. So h- how's this? Think about this next time you talk to one of these cybersecurity consultants who wants to sell you a service. They want to, almost all of them want to, to sell you something where there is an agent sitting on your customer's systems, right? So they're, they're, they're acting and asking for the same level of access as an RMM vendor. And when they do that, they become the same high-level profile surface attack vector as the MSP or any other supply chain vendor. The only difference is they're not audited, they're not certified, they're not externally reviewed. And they don't think that they need to be. Because what's their excuse? Oh, I'm not an MSP. Why do I need to be certified? Well, you need to be certified. You need to be audited because you are collecting, oh, I don't know, just the most sensitive information. You're asking for just the most sensitive level of access to a whole bunch of MSP customers. And you're saying, I don't want to be subject to the same level of scrutiny as the MSP or their other vendor supply chain partners. I'm different. I'm a security person. 
You're not different. You're, you're dangerous. That's what you are because God knows what you're doing internally. Who knows how you're handling that data? Who knows how you're doing your configuration of your ticketing system if you're even using one? Folks, I'm telling you, they're trying to unintentionally or intentionally. I don't know and I don't care. The intent is immaterial to me. What they're doing in this cybersecurity consultancy classification of companies is they're trying to circumvent normal standard operating procedure of transparency in the IT management supply chain. They may have a very good understanding of of security and technology. I don't know. But they certainly don't behave like they do because they're doing the equivalent of saying, look, I'm going to come in here and do a whole bunch of surgery. I just came out from the garden working in the mud. Um, you know, let me, let me brush my hands off on my jeans and I'll dive right in and do some surgery, right? I mean, it's that equivalent of very clumsy, very opposite of transparency that we've been promoting in managed services for, for over 20 years. And that, I suppose, is one of my really fundamental problems with this. And it all kind of unleashed, uh, again, in reading this threat post uh, about you know all these ServiceNow uh, instances being misconfigured or improperly configured f- from a security standpoint. So we've got a lot of work to do. And there definitely is a role for the cybersecurity consultant. If you, if you have legitimate knowledge and expertise and you want to be a consultant and teach someone how to do something, fine. But the moment you start putting agents onto systems, the moment you start to deliver services, you are an MSP. You, 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 take, you may not be an MSP practically, but you have all of the security risk of an MSP because of 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 how you're doing that. And you need to be audited. You need to be certified. You need to be demonstrating that you're doing things in the proper way because every other MSP is being delivered the same message today. So take take a look at this article. Tell me what you think. Maybe you have access to this app Omni report. Maybe maybe they actually do mention uh, MSPs. Not sure. Be, be curious to, to know if they did. Um, but I, I think I'd like to hear from the MSPs out there just to say, you know, well, you know, th- this this is actually a really big problem for us. We 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 aren't you know properly configuring our our ticketing systems, or hopefully, you know, no, you know, yeah, this is this is absolutely you know. Table stakes for us. We 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 do this all the time. We we know what we're doing with configuration of ticketing systems. It's very common, very familiar with us. I think that that's the situation in the professional grade managed services community. Just my thoughts. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.